the point after show. He's going savage. Run for your life. And that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave him the freaking game. In my opinion, that sucked. Uh, playoffs? What talk about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. The Point After Show. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the f he wants. The Point After Show. Spikes in hell. Spikes in peewee hell. Hey, what's up, guys? This is the Point After Show. We're doing our draft, NFL draft special. My name is Eddie Daddy. Is that okay to say? It is. Okay. The draft oh. wrap-up. The draft wrap-up. The draft recap uh, from last weekend's uh, you know, NFL draft, which is, there's a lot of, lot of talk about, I guess. Uh, Tommy, go ahead. Say what's, your, what, what's up and what's your Twitter handle. I'm at TLIP underscore the PAS on Twitter. Get at me. I'm starting Twitter beefs daily, mostly about people in the draft. You can't, you can't c- compete against Cavi with the Twitter beef, oh, though. Cavi's king. King of the beef. <laughs> Feud life. <laughs> All right, uh, and we got the fantasy football advantage, Polly Bag of Walnuts, Lipko. What's up? I'm and, here. And uh, Cavi, the producer, Caviston. What's yeah. your Twitter? Uh, let's start a fight uh, at producer Cavi. Starting a fight. Start a fight about like, whatever. You Con- know. Connor? Connor. Uh, you know, we got the same beard. I mean. All right, so let's go through our, our draft special here, our draft recap special, I should say. Um, we're going to go through, talk about biggest winners, biggest losers, and then maybe uh, who's the biggest uh, potential fantasy relevant since we are uh, you know, primarily in, in the fall season of a fantasy football podcast. Or poly season, 24-7, 365. <laughs> That's why I'm the FF Advantage. Uh, 7-Eleven, open 24 hours a yeah. day. Ooh. Chris Hogan. <laughs> Mind Freak? No, it's Chris Hitt. Uh, I don't know something. if you guys know, but Chris Hogan played a season of uh, lacrosse. Yeah. I don't know if they Ed, mentioned it Ed ever. Duke. Oh, was he there throughout was the scandal? Duke? I don't know, but everybody should play lacrosse. Everybody should yeah. play lacrosse. Yeah. Duke, Duke, I would say I'm in love with uh, McSherman. Which, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the first time uh, you guys ever agreed. And that in boxing doesn't really matter. But yeah, they just mention it once in a while. So. All right, Kev, we'll miss it. Kev, we'll keep with you. Uh, biggest winner for team. Uh, who do you think had the best draft team wise? All right, so you're going to be able to skip me because I think that the, the team that had the biggest uh, winner as far as the draft went uh, was Houston. And I think Houston is the biggest winner because they got Deshaun Watson. Um, I think they had a good draft overall, but I think Deshaun Watson uh, is falling into a, a, a nice position there. Um, I think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the draft, but I think uh, they have a you know, a position set up for him where he's not going to have to, you know, immediately start. He's going to be able to uh, play a little bit and maybe earn that position, but he's not going to be rushed into it. Um, he's he's in a great position with everybody coming back healthy. So I think they, they filled the spots they needed to fill. Uh, they picked up in uh, the positions where they needed a little bit of improvement. They were able to bring in some uh, some guys to fill those holes, but Watson, I think, is the big score for them, and uh, I think, you know, they have a good position for him to be in. What's going on? Tom? Yeah, I don't care. I, I know I'm going to go with the Homer team here. I'm going to go with my favorite squad, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, you know, they came out. T.J. Watt fell into their laps late in round one. I, I thought he could have been an earlier pick in the draft. They added another uh, solid receiver with Juju Smith-Schuster. 
with that receiving core that they already have, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant got the the, the okay to come back. I, I don't know what the status mm. is on that, but I know there's some stipulations to it. They got the power running back with Connor. Uh, he's going to take over that D'Angelo Williams type role, smashing people in the mouth. And with Big Ben's status, you know, this year he came into the season. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I know it's so early, but he finally came back and said he was going to play, and they went and got the quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. I, I, I think the Steelers went out and addressed everything that they would have concerns about over the next four or five years. Actually, the next two, three years, you know, especially with uh, uh, Anton- or Le'Veon Bell. You know, his injuries, hopefully he stays healthy all the time as a Steelers fan. But like I said, they got Connor as the, as the back there. They're not similar type guys, but Connor's a solid running back. He proved uh, individual adversity with, with health issues, and he battled through that and came back on the field and, and battled to have solid numbers. So I think the Steelers' best team draft this year, I give them an A++. Smoke, what do you got? I'm going to uh, go with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, is my big winners in the draft this year. I think they had a solid draft, and I think the reason they had a solid draft is because they didn't do what typically people thought the Bills were going to do, and that would be right in the first round. They had the 10th pick. They were going to stretch for a quarterback, and, and I'm glad they didn't. They ended up trading away that 10th pick to Kansas City. They finally realized now they have a little bit of trust in Tyrod. Give him another year. Try to develop him. They didn't go and just reach for a quarterback like some teams that we're probably going to talk about uh, later on and maybe trade their entire livelihood away to get into a second pick. Um, In the first round, they went with probably, in my opinion, arguably one of the best, if not the best, cornerbacks in the entire draft, which was uh, Tredavious White out of LSU. They needed to fill. Uh, they needed to, st- to fill uh, Stephon Gilmore's spot when they lost him in this offseason. So, I think Tre'Davious White 100% steps right in as that starter on that in the corner in the uh, in the backfield there. Or I'm sorry, in the secondary. Then, in the second round, they went <clears throat> with their first pick. They ended up getting. Uh, they ended up getting Z- Zay Jones, uh, wide receiver out of East Carolina. When they made the draft pick, I thought it was a little bit early on him. I had him projected going a little bit later than, obviously, the second round. I was looking more like the third, fourth round for him. But I don't hate the pick. They needed depth at wide receiver. Behind Sammy Watkins, they have no one. So I think this could be a great fit for him to possibly jump right in again as a starter from day one, depending on you know if he could beat out a couple guys that are mediocre at best in the league. And then uh, and also in the second round with their, with their traded pick, they got Deion Dawkins, and they did what every great team is supposed to do, and they addressed their offensive line. Give Tyrod and the um, – you give Tyrod and you give McCoy some time back there. You give them, a, give them some running lanes, and, and that, can't, that team can do damage on the ground. So Deion Dawkins is definitely a guy that's going to help them. And then probably, arguably, the best pick in the entire draft by – Anybody, when it comes to value, would be in their fifth round. They took uh, University of Pitt, Nathan Peterman, quarterback, just in case the Tyrod uh, experiment doesn't work out to their favor this year. Nathan Peterman, quarterback uh, from Pitt, is probably... Slinger. Uh, and he's probably one of the most polished, like, ready to get into an offense in the NFL quarterback in the draft. Realistically, I think he beats out um, Cardell Jones for the backup early. I would say that he's probably going to end up being their number two right from the right from the start of the season. We'll see what that happens. But I, overall, I think the Bills did a great job uh, building a team that, especially considering this is the um, this is the first year they fired their GM the day after 
the uh, the draft, but this is their the first year for um, a head coach to kind of figure stuff out, try to put first his own year stamp for on a lot this. of people there. Yeah, yeah, a lot of their a lot of their brass are, are first year there, but I just think the Bills take a, a good step. It's they, I mean, at the end of the day, you have New England Patriots in your division. You have to you have to build every season to beat them. That's just the way it's going to work. And unfortunately, they build every season, too. So yeah, it's it's, yeah. they got, it's chess. It ain't they had, checkers they up four, there. They had four draft picks, speaking of New England. They had four draft picks in this entire draft. Yeah. Four. It's crazy. Well, they went and traded a draft pick for Brandon Cooks early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, see, yeah. I guess you count that as a fifth draft pick, technically. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, who you got, bud? Uh, I'm going to go with the AFC West. I'm going to go the Los Angeles Chargers. I almost said San Diego. You got a little man crush on them. I know you do. You're uh, a Phillip Rivers guy. I am a well, yeah. I like Phillip Rivers, but I think going with uh, Mike Williams for their first pick in uh, the first round, I think it was pick seven, I think he's a great addition. Keenan Allen, we all know, he's just his knees are made of tissue paper. Uh, it seems like every year he's injured, um, especially last year after the first – I think it was the first game. Um, he was out. Um, they need someone to, to pick up the slack. They, some of those guys that Phillip Rivers was making fantasy relevant should not be fantasy relevant. Um, and I, I think uh, picking up Mike Williams was a great pickup. And then their second, second pick, their second round pick, Forrest Lamp, um, they need to do something to protect Phillip Rivers and protect their, their guys, their offensive um, you know, threats. Like Danny Woodhead went down last year. They need someone. They need big guys like Forrest Lamp and even Dan Feeney, who they got. Um, Is he related the, to Mr. Feeney? He might be. I love Lamp. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, I knew it. I was going to make a Forrest Gump joke. I think Melvin Gordon welcomes uh, some offensive line help, believe me. I think he was he was getting hit, you know, a yard or two behind the line of scrimmage almost on a regular. Yeah, no, I mean, even ever. He did have his best, but he was still averaging, like, what, four yards per carry yeah. or something like that. And he, I mean, I know he had 11 I'm touchdowns first in contact. 10 games. I but. mean, he broke a lot of tackles early, but first contact, mm-hmm. he was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot. But I, th- I think I mean I think these two three additions that they got in their first three picks I think they're it's going to be great for them going forward and as an Oakland Raiders fan in the same you know conference division whatever I think it's not going to be uh, I I do like the Chargers what they did this this draft so that's uh that's my biggest winner as a team can I give a can I give a little bit of two cents on that one what's up just because that was two one chains. of them uh, I'm a little disappointed in the uh, in Mike Williams going there. Personally, because really? as a fantasy player, I feel like um, they have too many receivers there to begin with. You know what I mean? And and like you said, Phillip Rivers can make pretty much any or all wide receivers in that you know a household name. Um, I just feel like he's just another Mike Williams that's going to get kind of lost in the shuffle. That's just my opinion of him um, in the, in that Chargers offense. Again, I, that's why I call you the FF disadvantage. Okay. Is because I think that's just junk. I think they sling it out there. <laughs> they in sling LA. it. And I, I think there's he's get, has a lot of potential. With there's going to be a it's lot great. of balls thrown. So where does uh, where does this Mike Williams rank in uh, Mike Williams of all time? Yeah. You know, drafting well, thirty eighth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many Mike Williams have come through the system? But I, no, I mean, I just think again, I I just feel like they've have a lot of wide receivers in that team that. He has he spreads that ball around. And then you're going to get a Danny Woodhead, uh, you know, type player. I'm sure to, to to run those 
those short little routes, those posts, like those little just, dump offs. Yeah, like I just feel like there's not a, there's there's too many mouths to feed in that offense. I personally would have liked to see Mike Williams go somewhere where he could have been, you know, a, a number one receiver on a team. But I, I don't know if I would put him where, um, what's his name, Michael Thomas was last year with the Saints, somewhere around that this year for his rookie year. I mean, obviously. I mean, if Keenan Allen Keenan Allen stays healthy, he can be the you know the cooks of the Chargers this year and have Michael or uh, Mike Williams be the Michael Thomas of the Chargers this year. That's that's where I see it. I can and maybe an analogy. And maybe maybe you know next year going forward, yeah, maybe hand hand that starting number one spot over to Mike Williams. And this guy's, I'm gonna say it. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. <laughs> he's six four, two eighteen. Yeah. So in the red zone, he's gonna be a huge target. So. As a Melvin they throw, Gordon they throw owner, all the tight end all the time in the red zone, like or they give it to Melvin. Antonio Gordon. Gates is, I think, like seventy-six have, this they have, year. They have, they have Hunter. It doesn't matter. He retired, didn't he? Well, no, Gates. he's still there. I don't think, still there? I don't I think, think he so. officially retired. No, but do they, they allow to break? They allow walkers. I, I just on the... think Mike Williams. I think he's going to be a touchdown machine. I, I think he has double-digit touchdowns this year. I think you're an absolute moron. I uh, want to go that far. I'd, yeah. I'd say maybe like. I'm not saying like 20. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I would say 10 touchdowns is out of out of the question. Yeah, 10 touchdowns outside of the question. I would say 908. Touchdowns? touchdowns yeah. 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 Is that just out of nowhere? Touchdowns or yards? 900 yards and eight touchdowns. Oh, oh you said 900, 900 touchdowns and eight yards. Yeah, well, you did clarify that. Listen, you said 908. As a, as a listener, I would have been like 908. And you were you said that with such conviction. Like you were like, yeah, as a matter of fact, well, 908. That would, that would be a stat line, yeah, 908. That would be a bold prediction. That would be like a Tommy <laughs> bold prediction. Then he'd scale it back to six somehow. So, yeah, I, I say he has 10 touchdowns this year. At Ooh, least. Way double to go digit. bold with that double-digit double touchdown. Double-digit touchdown. He's still at least, at least 10. Yeah. All right, uh. Who wants to go next? Uh, let's go Polly. Well, Here we're going under the players, right? So yeah. we're going to move biggest, on to the biggest winner. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no, sorry. no, no. I already said my team. I said, you know, Houston, but most of what I had to say about Houston was Deshaun Watson. So Deshaun Watson's my player. Houston was uh, my team. So we can th- jump over to Paul for his player. You piggybacked that. I liked it. Yeah. My, uh, my player for big winners, believe it or not, my, my big winner player is going to be John Ross. And the reason I picked John Ross is because – Prior to him running a uh, 4-2-2-40, um, and even after him running that. And winning a private island that he didn't want because he yeah. can't swim. Well, he didn't win it because he didn't have an Adidas on, right? Well, yeah, he chose not to, right. not to, to, to win it. But my, my, my argument with him was, is, yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was a pretty good wide receiver in Washington, but he wasn't a going – going into the combine, he wasn't projected to be a first-round wide receiver. He runs a really, 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 really world record type 40, and that's all he does. Pulls up on a, on a limp hamstring. The track star. Yeah. And we've seen track guys just bomb out in the NFL. But to me that, you know, I, I, I don't know. That's all he really did. He, we have no idea, um, you know, how, what the extent of that injury is. He's had hamstring problems in the past. He did it again running that 40. And then he didn't have a pro day. He didn't do anything else after. He never ran. He didn't do anything else in the combine other than that 40, nothing of value, right? All of a sudden, he becomes he climbs up leaderboards to a, a first-round pick. So good for him. He's going to make that money, right? Then, to make it even better, he gets drafted to a team like Cincinnati, who he's opposite of A.J. Green. He has Tyler Eifert sitting as a tight end. He has Andy Dalton slinging the ball to him, who he loved. They loved that's a throwing offense. Let's be honest. They don't. They're not a running team. They're not built to be a running team as of yet. They might. 
change that up a little Joe bit. Mixon, but, no. Right, they might change that up a little bit, but you know, until they do that, right now that's a that's a passing offense, and I think John Ross could uh, could really. You know, he could stand out this year. I think he could actually have some quality numbers. I'm not saying he's going to go for double-digit touchdowns or anything silly like that. But I definitely think he can have a, a quality year. He could be something close to uh, the type of yards and the type of production that maybe like a, a Jamison Crowder had last year. I'll jump in here. I think my biggest player winner was Mitch Trubinsky. Bisky, sorry. I keep adding an N in there. I think I don't think he's the best player in the draft by any means, but I think he's the biggest winner because everybody talked about this last year or prior to the draft. I keep saying last year, but prior to the draft. And this was a weak year for quarterbacks, but somehow he was able to trick a team to move up and give up a few draft picks uh, to pick this guy as the number two overall pick. Biggest winner. He's getting number two money in a, in a year that a quarterback – Potentially, really, in my opinion, really should have waited to the second round. No way. He's the best quarterback in the draft, yeah. and he's. I'm not. I'm not a, saying that. I'm not disagreeing. Think, he's he's the best or not the best talent wise. I'm saying he's the this year quarterbacks right. like oh, you. No, you had your yeah, Andrew agree. Locks. You had your Peyton Mannings. Like coming out of draft classes like that, and. There obviously wasn't anybody like that. But no candidate he, came out of quarterback league. I think that. he's in a good position, though, to go to Chicago where they can actually, uh, you know, they, they have the ability to incubate him a little bit. Well, I'm just nervous there with receivers now, too, is, is obviously Marshall's been gone for a little bit. You had Alshon Jeffrey went to the Eagles this year. So you have your receiving cores like Cameron Meredith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have your Kevin backs White. coming out of the backfield. Kevin White, but. Wasn't there a Wilson he there, be he- Yeah. yeah. Is yeah. he going to be healthy? You know? So Bill who knows? There. So Trubitsky is in, in for a, a tough run. Biggest winner, in my opinion, this year. And that's what I'm sticking with. I, I will say this. Um, I think that the Cleveland Browns did him a huge service. I really do. I think that the Cleveland Browns – I said this last week on the, pod, on the podcast about him. I, about, I, I think that the Cleveland Browns were pulling this – this BS, like, trying to get some feelers out there because they were going to go Trubisky, even though they had no interest in going with him. They were going uh, Miles Garrett the whole way, but they kept putting his name out there, putting his name out there, putting his name out there. And Chicago fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. And the, and the biggest winner out of all that was the San Francisco 49ers because they got to move back one space, pick up a bunch of other draft picks, and still get the guy they wanted anyway. You know, they still got Solomon. So that's really oh. the big winner right there. So Lynch is the GM. He's the man. Yeah, right? I mean, I think they had a great. I think they had a he, great they had draft. A great I didn't. Sure. I didn't yeah. name them as my big winners, but I probably could have. They were that I think good. any of us could have. Yeah. Who's so, this? The Browns. The, the, no, the 49ers. The 49ers. I think. The I think, I think Chicago. I think Chicago handed them a gift in the first round, and then gave them a bunch of draft picks after that too. So, um, yeah, kudos to them. And Chicago. I, I I wrote an article about this. I think Chicago fans should be a little upset. Personally, you just signed a quarterback. Now I get it. You can kind of get out on Glennon pretty cheap. I was looking at you know his salary. They can actually get rid of him next year. They can just not have to worry about him. So, so Paul, well, I'll, I'll just jump in there. Everybody already did their their player, right? No, I didn't. Paul, did you go yet? Yeah, I did. Eddie, you didn't go. No, okay. okay. I went John. Cause, yeah, because I could have jumped oh, in okay. there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with O.J. Howard. Um, I think he's a great fit. I know. I believe Cameron Brate's still there as a tight end for uh, – 
Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But O.J. Howard was the first tight end uh, of 14, which is pretty surprising to go in the draft. I thought that was a lot of tight ends, but uh, I'm not sure compared to you know previous drafts if that's high or low or average. But um, O.J. Howard, I think, with Winston throwing to him, um, you know, we've, we've seen what Cameron Brate has done, uh, you know, prior to, you know, last season or at the end of last season, he got a little injured, I think. Um, but even Austin Safarian Jenkins, before he did his off field, uh, you know, mishaps. More on the field. He's just an asshole with coaches. That too. Um, but then I, I believe they released him. Uh, but I mean, all, every, every ball can't be thrown to, to uh, Mike Evans. Um, I think OJ Howard. As Tommy would say, he's a big dude. He's going to get the ball thrown Excuse to him. Excuse me, that's trademarked, all right? If you want to co-brand that, let me know. We'll talk uh, about I, I just think he's, he's going to be a great addition to the offense in Tampa Bay. So that's why I picked him as my biggest winner. So so it's not too far out of what Pauly was saying here. Is I'll, I'll jump in with my, you know, we talked about what team was the biggest loser here. And I'm going to go with the Bears. They only had five picks in this year's draft. Uh, only... Second fewest picks right behind the Patriots, who only had four picks this year. But like Paul said, they just signed Glennon to a decent deal and then go out, trade up, trade draft picks. They traded their third and fourth away this year and their third next year to get another quarterback. So why not did just you? A, not just any quarterback, a quarterback that had literally has played 12 college games. Yeah. Like it's I, asinine yeah. to me. And I agree. In the ACC. Called it. No, yeah, you could call anything you want, but he's, yeah. I think he he what is. What you're not going to be calling is the fact that he's not going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I agree with that. I really he do. is going to be great. I hope he is. But I my biggest know. losing team, what, what, the Bears. Like I said, the Bears. Uh, Glennon signed five draft picks. What talent did they really add? They lost Jeffrey this year, and they didn't really address that too much with wide receivers. I think the Bears, losers. Eddie, you have a uh, biggest loser for a team. Uh, yeah, I have the, I have the Jets. Um, well, they were the biggest losers before, and my prediction is they haven't, imp- they haven't nothing, improved. No, nothing it's impressed a, me. It's the story of the Jets. They don't ever improve. Nothing impressed me, and they may even be worse this year, uh, in 2017 than they were in 2016. So I, I was, I think they drafted a couple guys a little bit too early, um, and I just didn't think that they, they. I don't know. Nothing impressed me whatsoever about the Jets' uh, picks in the draft. So I mean, where did they go? A couple cornerbacks early? Yeah, a couple cornerbacks. I think they got a receiver and a tight end. Yeah. Um, I mean, they addressed one uh, or Hanson, I think, was the wide receiver. That they, they addressed, got. like, probably three of their uh, unlimited problems that they have on that team. But, I mean, it, that's the problem with them is they have so many – they have so many um, deficiencies that where do you start? It's yeah, one of those th- things. And I think like, they, where do you start? they had people in mind, and they drafted them maybe around earlier than they probably could have maybe yeah. gotten them for. Or they could have made some trades and did something else, but they they were my loser team because I – Here's stopped. the thing. You know, you're talking about drafting a person around earlier, but this goes back to us. Like, we're GMs, right, in the fancy world. <laughs> yeah, I guess When so. we're drafting our fancy team, we sit there and we get on the clock – and we scramble. Sometimes we get a little nervous. You know, oh, first, somebody takes that guy right in front of you. Right in front of you, and you're just like, "Shit, I better go get this other guy." Make a little reach so we don't lose him. Well, and especially you're giving when a run, especially when a run on a on a certain uh, a certain position starts to go, you know, it's like, "Oh no!" You know, you get that four and five run you know, on wide receivers, and you're like, "Oh my god, I'm not going to get my guy." You know, so yeah, maybe that happens in the NFL too. 
Yeah, and there were some surprises this draft. I know even in the first round, early yeah, on, there were people were like, "What the first that? round?" Yeah. There was, yeah. there was like a the most, second pick. Most trades ever happened in an entire draft happened this season. This year, that's pretty crazy. Thirty-eight trades? Or no, I'm sorry, not thirty. Was it thirty-eight trades? Maybe it was thirty-eight trades. I, I, I have to look that one up. Look that one up. We'll have right. to look it up. I'm pretty right, sure. Kev, I'm short and right to the point, and it has nothing to do with how the team's gonna shape up, but. Uh, the Patriots, I'm just going to say, you know, they didn't have a great draft because, it, I mean, they didn't really need to. Mm. But, uh, I mean, they only had four draft picks. Tom noted that before. And, uh, you know, just in that, you know, I don't think anybody spectacular came out of there. So, uh, you know, I, I think the only thing that would have interested me from the Patriots is to see, like, every there's so much bait out there for Garoppolo. And people were even, you know, chomping at the bits for Garoppolo during this draft. Uh, maybe if they had one out there and got – a quarterback of some sort, and then had been able to uh, leverage for Garoppolo. But aside from that, I'm just going to say, you know, they didn't have a draft that impressed me. I'm going to go with the I'm gonna go with the New York Giants. Uh, I think the New York Giants were the biggest uh, losers for draft. In, um, the reason being is because the, the, the New York Giants do exactly what the New York Giants do every year. And instead of actually trying to fix the problems that they have, uh, you know, the offensive line, they go and they do, they take the, the best available at the time, uh, regardless of what position it is. So in the first round, they had opportunities to take offensive linemen. They could have went with guys, you know, like uh, like Bowles, um, Ryan Ramchak. Uh, they could have went with Cam Robinson for to help that offensive line. They need, they need help really bad at the left tackle spot. They didn't fix that. They decided to go tight end. Because that's exactly what they needed. They they do need it. They needed a little bit of help at the tight end, but I think they could have gone tight end in the third round and still been fine at the tight end spot. Now, don't get me wrong. They went Evan Ingram, and he, he's he's an absolute stud. But I don't know. I just think that they could have used that first round pick to, for a little bit better value. I'm a Larry Donnell guy. Live ride or die with him. Oh, oh. You got tie. Big white white gloves he's got. But I, I mean, they, I they, he's on the team anymore. I was reading a couple articles where they said that they felt like uh, at the twenty third pick in the first round that going for an offensive lineman would have been a reach. But you know, you have Garrett Bowles who went to Denver at number twenty, and then you had uh, Ryan Ramsick that went to New Orleans at number thirty two. So listen, if you have a need and and they're, that that's right around the ballpark where you were at the twenty three, I think that's not a crazy stretch. Even in the second round, even in the second round, when they had an opportunity to to get uh, Deion Dawkins, who they could have got him at the number sixty three, they decided to pass on him and went with a defensive tackle. So, and then what makes even the the, the craziest thing to me was this: uh, Tommy, this is your boy. Spit you it. love Davis Webb. I know you. Oh love yeah, Davis that's Webb. the Davis greatest, Webb. greatest pick no, for me. Yeah, Davis Webb is awesome, but he to go to the Giants in the third round. To me, is asinine. asinine. Well, I don't know why you say that. Because why would you take? So ultimately, Davis Webb is going to be there to be Eli Manning's successor. Steelers picked quarterback in the fourth. I, I understand that, but they have. And but Eli they, and Big Ben were drafted in the same round. Well, the same season. Right, but so you you got to get a quarterback. Is, so ben that is, shows you ben, right there. That shows you that both teams are looking for that quarterback. But Big Ben has publicly he's made it very public that he's. He's close to retiring. Doesn't matter. Eli has made it very public that he's going to keep playing. He has well, no yeah, intention sure, of retiring but, right but away. He never had. So you took a you used a third round pick to for a second round talent. Yeah, I would do that. For what? To sit behind Eli Manning for the next five years? He's not. His he will contract, sit behind. Dude, his contract's going to run out. His his rookie contract will run out before he ever sees the, 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 the a playing field. 
It's Eli Manning is one injury why away from being that? retired. Why not do that in the Why not do that in the fifth round? Eli Manning Dude, is one injury. Every NFL but player here's the thing. is one so, injury so away from retirement. That's the good, stupidest thing talent. I've ever heard. Like I said, this guy is a big. You're dude. wasting a third round pick in our podcast why last go, week. Why not wait till the fifth round and get Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh? Go, go get Nathan Peterman from Pittsburgh. He's he's he doesn't have the same attributes that you know uh, Webb has. Webb is going to go out there. He could be a day one starter in the NFL. He Good. was slinging so this we'll year. Wait, we'll make he him wait a big for five dude, years. Six, you, you're, you're just assuming that it's going to be five years. This you is have a to business. Assume. This is a business. So you business. waste a third round pick. You, what do you like, Dan Burke? You waste a third round pick on an assumption that a guy's going to get you're hurt. You're talking fantasy, and now you're talking real life. It's it, the point being is that you sit there and you're you're wasting a third round pick on a guy that you maybe he's going to get hurt. What if? He's I'm not get saying hurt. he's going to get hurt. Just, we should have maybe we should have maybe we should have maybe we should have traded up and got Mitch Trubisky. Even if he doesn't get hurt, man, I think Eli has maybe two, three years tops left. You're dumb. I guess I'm dumb. Tell me what you dog me all the time for Eli. You dog me in our quarterback podcast for saying Eli might be a top 10 quarterback this year. Dude, so now all of a sudden I'm, I'm saying, dumb I'm because they're going to replace an, an outside of the top 10 quarterback? I'm not saying he's going like or anything a, like that. I'm saying he's going to play. He's going to well, play. Why? He, why? he doesn't ever get injured. Why is he's, he going to play? He, he's, he's you started, just said injuries don't matter. Now all of a sudden you're, that's your argument is he's not going to get injured. He's... So Has he ever been injured in his career? To produce. It, it, he doesn't. All right, fellas, wrap, let's wrap no, this up. No, yeah, yeah. No, no. You don't want to no. wrap it up? You're no. stupid. Your your argument's Are you dumb. Get a fist fight? Oh, he's gonna get hurt. In, or he's gonna get hurt. He's gonna. I didn't he's, say he's gonna he's get one hurt. One injury away from getting said, a career. Yeah, sure, that's I every even, NFL player. I even that's said a that he has two to three years left in him at best. Uh, even if he doesn't get injury, I don't care about if I talk to him. I'm talking from what is that? The Tommy Lipko guarantee that he has two to three years left in him. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard about. Organizations How do. long did his brother they play? They sit there evaluate. How long people. did his brother play? It doesn't matter. It doesn't How many matter. years it should does. he have played? How long did his father play? Well, like, that's your opinion. Manning's, Manning's right, equal longevity. How, many, how, many, how many steroids is his brother doing? Uh, you know, that's the problem. His brother doing the steroids or his brother's wife. I don't so care about steroids. Eli Manning will probably play at least another five years. Maybe. Maybe not. But there was a great talent. You get there for a value at round three. I mean, let's think about it in the fifth round. I have a question here, and I honestly have no question or no idea who's the backup in uh new york right now i oh I, the I, guy from syracuse what's his name uh unless Na- it's donovan Na- mcnabb yeah nabib so Nabib's something like oh, that okay i syracuse. know you're talking that yeah. tall guy um so i mean there's there's value there's value that's it nasib there's value in a in a good backup quarterback think about um prescott no uh yeah well yeah prescott but um New England. I just talked about the guy five minutes ago. Uh, Garoppolo. So you have Garoppolo, who could go start for any team in the NFL right no, now. No, he can't. Well, he could because he could because because New England made him look good, like they do every but the, but player teams that's want in that him. System. So, there, so there's value in that. Teams but want Garoppolo. Good. Well, I, I I think Bill Belichick knows better than us, and Bill Belichick won't let them he's, trade him away. He's good in Belichick's system. Okay, but other teams want him, so there's value there. There's intrinsic value. Mm-hmm. So you know, if uh, if the Giants can do the same thing for this kid, then then there's something to be said. I'm not I'm not saying he can't be the successor of Eli Eli Manning. I expect him to be. I think he's awesome. I think he has a lot of the, the, all the attributes that you need to be an NFL quarterback. I like him. I'm saying is I would have not spent with all the things that they could have fixed a backup quarterback in the third round. They could have waited to the fifth and got someone. That it can sit there for three or four years, even three years, man. Three years is a long time to sit behind somebody. Three years is a long time to sit I mean, behind I, somebody. I, I, I don't, quarterbacks do it. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. He's it. He's it. And he was How pissed off. He was miserable. Behind, um, and look at what Bledsoe. happened when that happened. Look at what happened. Look at what. The, look at Brady that. Brady sat behind Bledsoe for like two years, right? That wasn't a third round pick, though. 
That was like a fifth. Yeah, dude, he was a sixth. He was a 199th pick in the NFL. Stat a couple years behind, and look at him. He might have. No, I think he was like one year. He was 1996. It was his second year in the league. It's still there's something to be said for sitting behind a veteran quarterback and learning from them, I think. I understand that, but I I also understand that the NFL is is a league where, you know, performance pays out. There's guys, like, that could be starters in the NFL. So I think A.J. McCarron could be a starter in the NFL, but he is stuck sitting behind Andy Dalton. And you know what the, the problem with that is? Now he's another year older and another year older and another year older, and he's not getting a chance to start on any team. They had an opportunity to trade him. They didn't want to give him up. So, yes, a, a backup quarterback's important, but the problem is, is that my, my point is that he's, they, they took a third-round pick to get him. You, can only, you can only do that for three years. It's not like you're losing your whole career. He's not getting hurt. He's not getting wear and tear. Well, they can do it as long as they want to. You can keep him there. He's gonna be a free, he's gonna be a free agent at some point, on his rookie contracts three years, right? They're yeah. not gonna put a franchise tag on. A, Usually, it's like four, and then they pick up the option on the fifth. Really? It's rookie contracts normally. Okay, well, so you five years, and then you're not a you know a, a greenhorn. You're also normally like twenty six years old in the NFL, if not older. Yeah. So, well, I just um, think that the third round was a little bit of a reach. That's just my opinion. Giants fans will I always disagree with me. I'm not a Giants fan, but I'll I'll disagree yeah. with you. No, no, that's that's fine. I'm I'm I I would normally expect you to disagree with me. I'm indifferent on the matter, honestly. I don't. I'm just yeah. The idea of a good backup quarterback. We spent is a lot nice of time on that one. We did. We did. Yeah, not really. Sorry. Yeah. And who uh, who went there? Both I guys. That was still uh, me. Uh, I just Tommy won as well. Tommy went with the Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. So did anybody? Who Eddie? Did we so miss you? Ed. For biggest loser for a team, I think we yeah, started with you. Yeah, I went to, with the Jets. So now we're on biggest loser for player. Player. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Why would... And you're supposed to assign that. That's yeah. why you're the host of the yeah. show. You don't ask who wants to do what. All right. Who doesn't? All right. A few then. I'll take it. Do right. it. Let's go. All right. <laughs> I think, uh, I think uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, he, the biggest loser? The biggest loser. Wow. We should fight. Um, the last thousand yard rusher in Jaguars or for the Jaguars was MJD in 2011. I know they got Cam Roberts, Robinson um, in their second round pick this year. Um, to help the line a little bit. But no running back for the Jaguars. I know maybe it could be talent or not, but in the last five years, no running back for the Jaguars topped 805 yards. Actually, it was 803 yards. Um, I think it's just a tough system for running backs, and they're going to be down a lot. They're not a, sh- they're a sh- crappy team. I was going to say shitty, but we're a PG podcast. But but you said it anyway. Yeah. Um, you can bleep it out, Cavi. Um, when did we become if- PG? If they're down in the game, they're Disney not going to be running. Yeah. Um, I, 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 any any running back that goes to the Jaguars besides Fred Jackson and Maurice Jones-Drew don't seem to do good there, especially in the last five, six years. Oh, I, I'll go next. I, I, if you don't want to point anybody. I'm going with Alvin Kamara, running back from Tennessee Titans. He got drafted by the New Orleans Saints. He was a top-five talent in this year's draft for running backs. It, it wasn't a deep league, but this guy has a ton of talent. But unfortunately for him, he's getting drafted to a team that just signed AP, obviously waxing my armpits over that one, and they have Mark Ingram on the team. Mark Ingram had the best season of his career last year with 1,400 yards and 10 total TDs. I just I feel bad for the kid. Like You get drafted top couple rounds, third round, third pick, you're expecting to be, I don't know, maybe starter, if not at least backup. But this guy's in a position where he could be third string running back, maybe third down once in a blue moon, depending on what the team needs. I think he lost out in this draft, getting drafted by the New Orleans Saints. Not too much more about that. What, do, what else do you have? I, I, 
I will. Uh, I think that Alvin Kamara could actually have a little bit of a role there. I think they're going to play him more of like the high tower type of role. Where I think he has. I think he. Let's be honest. Ingram and, and, and Adrian Peterson's strong suits are not catching out of the backfield by any means. So I think that and Alvin Kamara is very Ingram good at that. Had a- couple hundred yards and four or five TDs yards, last year. But my point being is Alvin Kamara is actually at, uh, is more of the um, catching out of the backfield type of back. So I think he has a role there that Adrian Peterson and Ingram won't play. My guy in Cavi will probably be upset about. Uh, my guy is Christian McCaffrey. Um, I know there's, you know, the, the, the sports world is kind of split. Even Carolina fans are kind of split with, with this pick at the eighth pick. No, we're not. Um, we fucking love it. No, that's that's you, um, and you're like uh, you're like <laughs> you're that one you're that fifty percent that love it, and then there's the fifty percent that were just kind of they're racist. Nah, uh, they're they're just not feeling it. And um, at the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers have to change up the way they run an offense to make Christian McCaffrey relevant in their offense. They are a power. They were a power running team. No. Um, Cam Newton is not a prototypical check down. Uh, quarterback. He does not dump the ball off very often. Correct. They had Tolbert. They had, had James. They had uh, Stewart on their team. Like that team is a, that is a punch you in the face type. Now I think that he could excel with that because they can get worn down. No Tolbert there anymore. But, but uh, Jay Stu can you know can wear down a defense and then he could have some a couple good pops here and there. If they utilize him correctly, he's he's a huge threat. Don't get me wrong. But I think that. Um, I personally just don't. He's not going to be an every down back, and he's gonna. He might see more time in the slot than he actually does in the backfield. So I don't know. I just don't see it being a good fit for him. I love him. I think that Cam's just never had some slightly biased. No, but who who did Cam Newton have to dump the ball out to before this? Mike Tolbert. He's a bowling ball, you know. So what it was happening was to him. He had the best hands of the team, which is ridiculous. Um, so I, I I love it, and I'll just keep with myself now. I think uh, the biggest loser is uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Um, and that's not that I don't think hashtag. he— Hashtag Notre Dame guy. And I don't think that's because he can't succeed there. I think it's because it's just the curse of Cleveland. That's where quarterbacks go to die. You know, that's just uh, the odds are against them. They're not forever in his favor in that in that aspect. And that's, you know, it's short and to the sweet. Desha- Deshaun Kaiser, um, my guy that I think lost out the most by being drafted by the Cleveland. I'll say this about Deshaun Kaiser. Um I'm I'm obviously the furthest thing. I'm the the the, the furthest end of the spectrum. Now he's also my guy. he's also my uh, you know the my potential uh, the help from day one. So if you're gonna you're gonna rob that off, man. No, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not at all. I was actually gonna say is um I believe it or not um, I'm not a Notre Dame guy at all. Can't stand them. But I watched uh, his interviews after the draft. Um, super super humble. And you know what? I actually kind of got a little bit of a. I hope he I hope he does well. I hope he actually becomes that quarterback that Cleveland's been looking for for the last, you know, however many decades. Well, luckily he's coming from quarterback university, Notre Dame. And, yeah, he uh, does not have that know. going for him, but uh, maybe he can find some 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 things out. You know. History begs to differ. <laughs> and yeah. who's your guy? Yes, Arnez Battle's been. Arnez was uh, Leonard, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> Tony Rice. <laughs> well, are, oh, did you transition into uh, your yes? We're gonna go with the uh, oh, impact. I can do that. Impact uh, player. So you know, let's do that. So since I also, even though I think uh, Leonard Fournette got the shaft by going to Cleveland, I think that he Leonard has Fournette didn't go to Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser yeah, uh, got go. the shaft by going to Cleveland. Um, I do think that Deshaun Kaiser also though, has the most uh, potential to just come in and and uh, you know be the most effective uh, and have the most 
the biggest effect day one. Um, if you look at that quarterback roster right now, Cody Kessler is, star- is in uh, the one spot. Kevin Hogan's is in the two spot. Brock, Brock Osweiler is in the, the four spot. Then you have Deshaun Kaiser, and then you have Pat Devlin sitting down there too. Um, not exactly a plethora of Notre Dame talent or of uh, Notre Dame yeah. of uh, veteran talent there. So I think that's an easy depth chart for Kaiser to move up if he has a good training camp. Um, the downside is that I don't think he really has a real veteran on the team to lead him. So I think that's why he can jump it. Like even though Brock Osweiler. He's been in the league for a little bit. He doesn't have a lot of real game time experience underneath his belt. Um, I don't foresee him even being on the roster by the time the season starts. They did, I think I did see something today that uh, Cody Kessler has been named the starter as of right this moment. So right. The, but how do you, how, if you're Cody Kessler, how do you feel about that? You know what I mean? Like now they're bringing Deshaun Kaiser, hot shot to run up your back. I feel like Kirk so, Cousin. Yeah. Eh, yeah. No love. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But, um, so I don't know. I think Deshaun Kaiser can come out, make an in- impact, and uh, he could be, you know, the starter week week two or three. You know what I do though? If I'm Cody Kessler, you know what makes me feel better? Millions I'm of not, dollars. I'm not Brock Osweiler. Yeah, that's true. There's always worse. Well, I don't know. Brock Osweiler got a nice payday. To sell. Eh, he, he did. To sell. He, really nice he's a, he to also sell. may go down as one of the bigger embarrassments if he doesn't figure his career out. He quickly. can embarrass the shit out of me for that much money. I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so that that's all I got on on uh, the player that had the most impact. Ed, um, yeah, I'll go with Miles Garrett. I'll keep it with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Ooh. Um, I think him bold at the, move. the number hey, one. You're crazy here on this pick. <laughs> Way to get crazy. Well, I didn't think it was supposed you, to be a bold prediction. He was, was the best player in the draft going to the worst team in history. Big one there. Well, no, I just think okay. Take away. The Browns' strategy. Take away that he was drafted number one overall. All right, and, the fact and that he's going to the Browns. All right, you guys going to dog me all night <laughs> or what? No, uh, but, yeah, no, but yeah, okay. I wish you weren't wearing those sunglasses so we could see your tears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Indian tear here. Um, but no, Miles My, Garrett, I mean, the, the Cleveland Browns, they could have went with their old strategy and just got a quarterback, number one. Like hey, they what the lose. fuck is an Indian tear? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like a racist tear, bro. I don't, I don't know. Jesus. Are you talking like the, the, the environment thing that from when we were little when they showed the Indian and just like one tear yeah, came yeah, down? Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were making a Cleveland joke. I don't oh, know. No, yeah, no. We're not at Jacobsfield. Um, but Miles Garrett, <laughs> back to the topic here. Um, no, but the Cleveland Browns, they didn't do their typical Cleveland Browns strategy and just get try to get the best quarterback um, like they have in the past. They went with what they should have done probably five, six years ago was get the, you know, start from scratch, get the best defense, build around your defense. Defense wins games. Um, you know, you've seen that in the past. But, um, you know, I just think he could be the difference maker in the whole scheme of things going forward. I think he that was a great be for the number one overall pick. He well, better I mean, be, right? What do they have to lose? No, right? you know I know. what I mean? I they know. had to go with the best overall pick. Yeah. Defense wins championships. Offense wins games. Ah, okay. Coach J.J. Perry right there has a little bit of knowledge. <laughs> oh, shout out. Tommy uh, Ayard over there? Oh, Teabag. Well, I feel yeah. like you look like you're deep throat in your microphone stand. I'm not even near my ni- microphone. Yeah, so I'm going... Again, I'm going random here. This isn't fantasy relevant, really. Might help a little fantasy players, but it's obviously you're not going to pick this guy. I'm going Zach Banner, offensive tackle from USC, drafted by the Colts. This is another big dude. He's 6'8", 353. He's going to have an impact day one. You look last year. What was the biggest thing that happened to the Colts? 
their Andrew offensive Luck line kept stunk. Getting killed. Exactly. So I think he has uh, the most potential to help day one come in as be a starter day one. Help that offensive line. Help Andrew Luck. Help T.Y. Hilton. Help Frank Gore. He could have the most, I guess, indirect impact on fantasy owners by helping out those players there that I just talked in the skill positions. Zach Banner, offensive tackle, USC, Indianapolis Colts. Most potential to help day one. Um, I'm going to go with O.J. Howard. I know Eddie touched on him earlier for his uh, winning player. I'm going to agree with Eddie. Uh, I think he has the most potential to help a team in day one, that team being the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who drafted him as the number 19 pick overall. Um, Teddy's point, you know, uh, ASJ and, and Cameron Brait just didn't pan out in there for tight ends situation. And uh, they have a pass-happy offense. Right now their, their running back situation is, uh, is, is kind of in turmoil. Uh, who knows what's going on with Doug Martin. They're, they, they just like to throw the ball. And if you think back to Jameis Winston in college, he loves throwing the ball to a tight end. Now you have a big dude named O.J. Howard to throw the ball to. I think you have... You have D-Jax, and you have, to take the top off, you have Mike Evans, who is always a threat for 200 targets. Uh, you have O.J. Howard is just going to, he's just going to, I think he's a red zone threat, and I think that he has the potential of being a rookie with double-digit touchdowns. Are you talking about Mike Evans or Mike Evans or Mike Evans? I'm talking about O.J. Howard. I know. Mike I'm Evans and D-Jax. Oh, I love Mike Evans. Not anymore, though. Mike or Evans. I love Mike Evans? Um, I don't know. I'm confused. Yeah, no, just a bunch of Mike Evans. Oh. Is there? Smith? I uh, is I don't know one Mike Evans. Didn't we make? I don't know. That was Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Oh, wrong joke. Wrong joke. Uh, that's all right. Well, good news is you're the but producer I'm and the editor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Oh no. <laughs> hopefully that one makes the cut. <laughs> but yeah, I I will say this. I think that O.J. Howard and the addition of O.J. Howard and D.J.X. Um, you have to, and maybe you guys can chime in on this. But do you think that that lowers? The draft stock a little bit of Mike Evans. I don't think so. I think no. I, well, no. I think I is still he still think a top five wide receiver yeah, yeah. off the board. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Top and three, I, maybe not top three. Top five though. I think and what I, made I think, him a top I think, five was I all think the James yeah. Winston's uh, stock goes up yeah, in fantasy. I, know. I said that last year too, and it didn't pan out well. See, I think that uh, if anything, like we we talked a lot last year about being you know, real football relevant and valuable versus fantasy. I think mm-hmm. Jackson, you know, definitely as a real fantasy or as a real football player down there just opens up the field and, and does so many things, even if he's not getting the production for fantasy. Um, so I think it, it helps Mike Evans, if nothing else. So speaking of being um, fantasy good versus being actually good, did everybody give their – did everybody give their t- – Eddie, did you give Cap, yours too? Did, did you go – First? Or yeah, the Sean Kaiser. Yeah. Okay, all right. And Eddie, you went too? Yep. Okay. Yep. So we're going to move on to most potential to help fantasy teams day one. Yeah. But the segue was that, you know, Cavi just mentioned a um, being fantasy good versus being actually good. And I think there was no bigger uh, example of that last year than Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was absolutely an atrocious quarterback, but if you looked at his fantasy value, he was the number nine fantasy quarterback in football, he actually put up some quality garbage time points for fantasy owners. That being said, as I think my guy right now, Leonard Fournette, who will be the most, uh, have the most potential to help you as a fantasy owner, I think that him coming into that offense 
is a huge help. Opposite of what Eddie, Eddie said a few minutes ago, where you put him as the uh, biggest loser for a player, I, I agree with you. Jacksonville is not the ideal place for uh, a running back to want to land. But I see Leonard Fournette as different, and I see this team in a huge swing in the right direction over the last couple of years. Their offense has been getting very good. They have to have some confidence in Blake Bortles. Um, they just picked up his fifth-year option, rookie contract option. So they obviously have a little bit of faith in this guy. He knows the offense. He's just He's got to get a little bit better this year than he was last year for the team. But I think that uh, Leonard Fournette has a big, big year for them. I, I, TJ Yeldon and Chris Ivory are still there, but they have cheap outs um, to get rid of them for next year. They can pretty much... They could probably just drop out most of their contract and not lose a lot of money on them. I, I, I looked that up again. And uh, at the addition of Cam Robinson as the offense in the offensive line, it only helps Fournette too. So for me, a team that is on the cusp of having one of the better offenses, I look at Jacksonville and feel like they're right there with being the next Oakland Raiders where they have those wide receivers, they have a quarterback that has the potential, put a running back down there that can scare some people, Get a good offensive line and, and and see what happens. So I like Fournette. Tom, I'll go. I'm gonna go. You know, a team that came out looked pretty good this season. I can go with Corey Davis, wide receiver to the Titans. I think he has called it. What'd you call? That you'd be the first uh, wide receiver drafted. That wasn't that tough, Kev. <laughs> um, he was injured. It was. Uh, he, he's, a stud. he's a solid route runner. He proved to be a gamer at the end of games. He, he made those ridiculous catches on the sidelines. Whatever the quarterback needs, they know they could throw in his direction and have those big plays. The wide receiving core for the Titans isn't that solid, so he's definitely going to be I be, what I believe day one starter. I think he goes out and he does great things. You know, Like I said, he's a... Big dude, 6'3", 209 for a wide receiver, so he's going to get some of those red zone opportunities. He's not like that type of receiver that's only going to get the flies. He's also going to get those short routes. I think he's watching his game film. He's not too afraid to run inside. But NFL is a whole different story with those big guys. And Corey Davis gets it done, day one starter. I think he goes somewhere around 700 yards, six TDs this year. I I mean he's obviously a day one starter. They drafted him in the first round, so that's that's you, you can't even argue that. Um, I definitely think I definitely agree with you. I think he has a good season, and who I think has a really big lift is Marcus Mariota. I mean he played really really well last year, so I think the addition of Corey Davis just makes him even more. And they picked up a tight end too. Oh no, they don't. They have Delaney Walker. They didn't pick up a tight end. They need. They actually were looking at tight end, but they didn't go that way. You have a tight end. Um, yeah, I That's sure weird. do. All right, I'll, I guess I'll go. Um, I'm gonna go Dalvin Cook, running back. Uh, he was drafted in the second round by the Vikings. Fell, fell late out of the first round. Yeah, he did. Didn't expect that. No, Seven. ninth fell in. Has a lot of problems, man. He's got a lot of off the field problems, oh. and he fumbles like a champ. But. I, I know, but I, I mean... Second round, first round value. Florida State guy for you, bud. Yeah, Start becoming a homer like Cavi over there. Yeah. I, it, but the Vikings did. I mean, they, they selected him second round. They also got um, Pat Elfline from Ohio State uh, for a center in the third. And then Danny Isadora uh, from Miami in their fifth to build that O-line a little bit. Uh, Matt Asiata, poop. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think Dalvin Cook... Can come in, can come in. Adrian Peterson, you know, he's gone with the 
gone elsewhere. Um, Dalvin Cook's going to come in, and I think behind this new O-line, as long as they could, you know, produce, Dalvin Cook's going to be a, a pretty, you know, fantasy-relevant running back this year. Um, I don't see too many other running backs. I know, you know, mentioned Fournette, um, which Fournette does have the, the skills and, you know, tools to do that, but I think running backs, rookie running backs next year, I think Delvin Cook is going to be top of that top of that list. I think uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be up there. I think it's just going to open up the offense opposite of what Paul thinks, but it's generally where we fall. Yeah, and, I agree uh, with you too, Kev. I That's think also generally where we fall. <laughs> I think he's going to, no, I think he's going to. Uh, Pretty positive if you can actually reach your hand under the table, you'd be giving him a reach around. <laughs> I'm most giving him a foot job right now. Yeah. I'll pound it. Were they doing that yeah, all week? Pound yeah. it. <laughs> they pounded each other a couple times that night. It happened once, guys. Yeah. Uh. Come on, though. Well, anyway, I think uh, McCaffrey's going to put up really nice numbers. Um, he's really the only other, you know, running back there of note. Um, so he's definitely going to get a lot of carries. Uh, he's going to get a lot of passes out of the backfield. He's going to play slot. Jonathan Stewart's not a running back of note? I said the only other. Yeah. Yeah, Stewart would be the one of note. Okay. And then McCaffrey would be the other. So how many running? How many teams have more than two running backs of note? Well, that's what I'm saying. He's going to be the number two back. Okay. It's not like he's I just be talked down about the, the Saints track. with Ingram, AP, no, and, but and their draft this year. I just mean so he's the three. number. He's the number two back. You okay. know what I mean? Like I he's you. not like some rookie I, coming yeah, in that's going to sit around. And plus, sorry. he's he's, he's going to play he's slot. Like the Swiss Army knife. He can yeah. return kicks, punts. So he's going to be a, a fantasy monster. And maybe you play. Maybe you play a lot of wide receiver. Yeah, he's going to play a ton of slot receiver. I think he just has a chance. I don't know if he believes himself. He's firing pens off yeah. the wall here. He and snap it. But I, I, our league doesn't, you know, give you points for, uh, you know, special teams. Mm-mm. Yeah, it does. It doesn't give you points for, like, return yards and stuff. 30 yards equals one point. Does it really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then Not I'm, for defense, but just for the player. So uh, yeah, McCaffrey yeah. will be off the, the board McCaffrey. first round yeah. with Cavi. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm taking him. I, don't know. I, do, I do agree with you. I, lo- I, love, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know Dalvin. if I'm taking Gronk again this year, but I yeah. might. Why I not? love Dalvin Cook in the second round with the Vikings. I really do think he has the most upside for a guy getting that late in the in the draft. And to, to, to Cavi's point, of Dalvin Luke. Cook doesn't have really much competition there. I mean, McKinnon is probably their best back right now. Yeah. Um, he doesn't have a lot of competition. No, actually, no. They just got what you call. They just got a guy from um, from Oakland. Your boy that uh, was just there, M- Murray. Murray. They just got yeah. So I guess he does have some competition, but I think he I think he has the most potential. To, even Murray's not that good, so he'll overtake him. Speaking of uh, people getting drafted late, uh, we had a couple of local kids uh, do pretty good uh, for themselves in the last week. Um, coming out of Lackawanna College via Texas A and M. Jermaine, via London, England. Yeah, via London, England. Uh, Jermaine Eulamunger. U- uh, that's terrible. You killed that. <laughs> How do you say it? I don't know, but there's no G blue, in it. Blue. It's like blue munger. It's with it's an e. A, it, there's no G. Blue you munger. Munger. M u n o r. Munger. Whatever. There's no G. <laughs> Monerder. It's mon- not like Scrignoni. Munner. Munner. We're not good anyway, at pronouncing last yeah. names here at the point after taken by show. the Ravens in the fifth round. Good job, Jermaine. Um, and then Harrisburg. They could with Jermaine. Just yeah. Yeah. at that. Harrisburg uh, native via IUP of the PSAC, Ethan Cooper. Uh, he signed as a dry, as a priority undrafted free agent with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Priorities. 
Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. Here we go. And then you know Pittsburgh's just got something going on right now for uh, local love for those those D two PSAC guys. Uh, Paul Walker. They pan out. Tight end and uh, Aaron Terry, a cornerback out of California University of Pennsylvania. They both are in tryouts with the Steelers. Um, and I'm going to have some articles coming out. Did you say Paul Walker? What's that? You said Paul Walker. Paul Butler. <laughs> Paul Butler and Aaron <laughs> Terry. <laughs> you said uh, Paul Walker and he said R.I.P. <laughs> and I looked and over and Paul, 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 like, uh, Butler. Paul, Butler, Paul Butler and Aaron Terry. So uh, none of these guys are going to be retweeting us at Paul all. Paul Butler actually killed did, every uh, name. Paul did retweet me, so I feel terrible about that. I'm sorry, Paul, but it's good company to be in. We're all big uh, fans of um, the series of... Fast and the Furious over here, and then uh, you know we had uh, the, you, the there was only one guy actually drafted out of the PSAC this year, uh, Kutztown. He went, um, and then uh, we had the the running back from Bloomsburg also got signed, and Ed's Raiders signed a run or a, a wide receiver yeah. out of uh, California he U. California he University really of, fast. California University of Pennsylvania putting three guys in the NFL possibly this year. That's yeah. wild to think about the, the pretty, talent in the PSAC. Pretty impressive. So and none, and they're actually skill positions. They're not like just linemen. All of them are, you know, right? Which is normally you see a lot of linemen go. Yeah, not and, to take uh, anything away from linemen. They're they're a special, but I mean, a lot of linemen come out of the country blumpkin like where we live, so you can well, understand a little bit. Paul hates linemen just like Tommy I, hates I, Instagram I, models. Is basically what he's trying. I to I say. do not hate linemen. Expect linemen, a hit piece on. I do hate if linemen hate ever Instagram tried models. to act like Instagram models and put pictures up of themselves in sexy laundry. It would be weird. Oh goodness, that would not be pretty. No. All right. Uh, well, I guess that's that's it for our uh, draft recap show. Thanks, guys, for listening. Be sure to check us out at thepointaftershow.com for weekly blogs, articles, daily fantasy, and fantasy-related material. Um, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe to us wherever we are available on social media. And catch us at Point After Show on Twitter. My personal Twitter handle is at Eddie underscore the P-A-S. I'm bag. at T-Lip underscore the P-A-S. You can always find me on Twitter talking smack to the fantasy football master at the FF Advantage. That was a lot of fantasy and football in, that that was. in one sentence. Um, I try to remember it, so I wrote it down. I am at producer Cavi. I think Cavi uh, is building his character on the fact that he doesn't remember his Twitter handle every week. That's a, that's a good that's a good character. You know, we don't, Mr. We, Forgetful, we Mr. Dum Dum. Want to give the people what they what they want, and if they want me to forget my Twitter handle, um, I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks, guys, for listening. Hope you liked it, and uh, check us out next Tuesday for our next show. Thanks. And as always, if you made it this far, thank you. <laughs>